Welcome to episode 301 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. It is cold outside in New York City, and we're going to warm up your ears with an episode of Pinball Podcasting. All right, so I'm sitting here in my kitchen. You might hear a little bit of the New York City background. I've got some weird sort of sound foam dampening thing. It's starting to look like a podcast studio in my apartment. This is not good. I might have to go back to just the cheap old headset, but anyway... Here's what we're going to do on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It's all going to be your episode. I'm going to simply turn it over and read your comments and your feedback and your predictions about pinball as we move into the new year. Now, I'm just I'm cleaning the slate. These are most of the emails I've received over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to read your statements on the air. And again, if you would like me to discuss what you want to discuss, email me at CanadaPinball at gmail.com. But I have to implore you, do not send me paragraphs and paragraphs of stuff. I can't read that much on the air. Also, I do love getting audio files. If you're going to send me an audio file, that's cool. But try to make them around like maybe four minutes long. I'm not going to air an eight to nine minute audio file. This is not your show It's my show still, all right? Even though I used your song to intro this episode. And so if you send an audio file, you get to cut the line because it's much more fun for, I think, the listener to hear from you versus hearing me read your email. So I'm going to start this show with two audio predictions slash commentary that some of my listeners sent in. And we'll start first with Mr. Matthew and his recommendations for the twippies the twippies it's that time of year again very interesting to listen to your predictions few quick comments and uh, thoughts on the whole process first of all in my opinion an award show should do the pre-qualifications to thin down the selection a little bit i don't understand writing votes at all and any kind of niche market. They should follow, if you read uh, comic books back in the day, Comic Buyer's Guide, they selected the five or six best of the year and let people vote on them. And then there was a write-in if you wanted to. But, I mean, come on, do some of the work for us. Mod of the year? I, I don't know. I don't follow these. Who follows different mod threads? Listen, I go to my pinball league. I play, you know, the new Aerosmith or whatever. I, you would, I wouldn't even know if there was a mod in there unless somebody really pointed it out to me and said, oh, that, that's the mod. Uh, is it if someone does a mod for Twilight Zone? Is that eligible this year? Is it when the pinballs released? I don't know when mods are released. Again, it's dude. Pick the five best in the editorial category. Uh, designer, same way. Keith, you know, I know him. It, it didn't even dawn on me uh, to write him in. I just looked at it kind of blankly, like I don't, I don't know, track these designers. But if you give me a list of four or five designers and the games they released this year, I can look at it and say, yeah, okay, I played these games. This one was the best. But to come off the top of my head, I mean, I'm not going to research this like a thesis for college or anything. I'll just skip them, which is nice that they let you skip and not fill in nonsense. Same with YouTube show. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I watch a little bit of pinball on YouTube, but I don't really pay that much attention to which channel I'm watching. I just kind of skim around. But if you give me a list, two things. If you give me a list of like five shows, they'll let me say, oh, yeah, I remember this one. This one was good. This one wasn't so good. I'll, I'll do this. But it also allows the casual fan to, to look at it. 
and say, oh, I've never even heard of this show. Let me check it out. Academy Awards. Can't tell you how many times we watched the show. Or let me be a little more topical. The Golden Globes were last night. We're watch, I'm watching it with my wife. They're talking about the different comedy movies. Uh, and she's like, well, I never even heard of this one. And she's looking it up. She's Googling it. Oh, we should check this one out. That's what you want these awards to do. Not just to, to, to satisfy our self-sense of worth as pinball fans, but to actually promote the products and the enthusiasts as well. Give me you know, information so I can look into it. Same with podcasts. Yeah, you know, I gave you my vote because you're the one I listen to 100% of the time. That's fine. And I know straight down the middle, I know one or two other podcasts, but I mean, list the top five you feel is the best. Leave a blank one. Maybe there'll be something on there I don't, I've never even heard of, but that'll let me uh, do the examination. If you're doing the best pinball machines, I mean, you list them out. There's only so many a year. Uh, you can do that, even though, you know, some of the more niche ones could be, you know, streamlined a little bit. Uh, but it's fun. These twippy things. I mean, I know that it's just a casual award and stuff, but it could be a little bit more. I mean, I'm not going to do all these. The second half of the whole ballot was all writing. And most of them I just kind of looked at going, jeez, I, I don't know. You know, God, tell me what was out. Tell me what was released this year, at least. If you're not going to tell me the, the five or six best things in the editorial opinion are the most creative at least give me a couple that I can look at and say, oh, geez, I didn't even realize that was released. I mean, I don't know, Matthew, if asking people to write in their Twippy votes is, is the biggest issue. But look, I'll say this. It might have been nice for them to just have a list for people to go back to, because I do agree with pinball podcasts. There is about 35 of them out there right now. Right. And it is hard for people uh, to think about all of them. But playing devil's advocate Everyone kind of knows who they listen to, right? Everyone knows what their favorite shows are. It's not very like a trick question or something where I need to uh, have a reference point. I do agree with stuff like Pinball Mods. I just left that blank. I, I actually put I put in like Yellow Bird and, and the Mod Couple because I think everything they do is great. But to your point, there are hundreds of pinball mods that come out over a few year period and and mods continue to be made for machines years down the road so i are is it a mod that's only eligible for a new machine is it a new mod that came out only last year it's hard it's hard and i thought that category was a little bit of a, a mystery to me so uh thank you for your thoughts uh, I again, I just think that people who actually vote for the Twippies are well aware of what podcasts exist. So I don't think uh, most of those things like stumped people. Uh, so that's that's my take on, on all of that. All right. So I, I I'd also got another audio file from Brian, who's a listener to the show. And I have to say, Brian, you sent me like nine plus minutes of commentary and I had to edit it down. And I, I, this can't be, I can't turn over the show to just an audio file. So I edited down about half of that. I want to air it for you now and we'll talk about it when we get back from this clip. Hey, Chris, this is Brian. Just uh, giving you a, uh, dropping you a, a line. You said that you want some people to uh, talk about predictions for the next year. Also, uh, I guess you could always use some uh, input on uh, your show. First of all, I want to say that your show is fantastic. Uh, I pretty much exclusively only listened to it. About a year ago, I started listening to podcasts. I started with um, Head to Head Pinball, and uh, it was uh, okay and, and, and fun for a while. And then I actually learned about your pinball uh, podcast. I started listening to yours. It was fantastic. 
and so much better. So um, I also like the frequency at which you put out uh, your podcast. I'm always looking to see, uh, you know, when you're putting out your podcast because it's always uh, something to look forward to. Uh, the one thing that if I could give you any constructive con- criticism, um, I being a uh, purveyor <laughs> of comedy, I do a lot of uh, dinner theater and uh, I do a lot of uh, acting work. Um, I will say um, I think you should steer clear of comedy. I don't think that's your strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> so true <laughs> <laughs> to be honest you're you're very funny on your own you don't need to add jokes you don't even need to add laugh tracks you don't need to add anything <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh, funny uh, monsters is not a theme that i overly love stern is trying their hardest but um, again, you know, I, it, this does go back to what you were talking about before. Like, what's really in the pin? Um, one Herman monster, which is a custom mold, which is nice, but it really doesn't do anything. Its arms don't raise up or anything. It just kind of moves back and forth. And then um, I really hate also how Stern just takes, like, off-the-shelf, like, I think they have a Dragula race car from, like, Hot Wheels in there. I just, I can't stand that kind of, like, cheapness. It's like anybody can do that. Anybody can go out and buy something off the shelf and stick it in their pin and call it, like, a toy. I just think that's terrible. You know, with, with Stern's money and with Stern's creative abilities, it's amazing to me how they continue to just cheap out and just find these on off-the-shelf type items and just stick them in their game. Um, I, you know, I guess it's cost-saving, uh, my predictions for this year, um, please allow uh, Jaws to be done really well uh, because it, I know Stern has it, unfortunately. It seems like Stern has that title. And uh, Jaws is my favorite movie. I, I used to ride the ride in Universal Studios. I'm, I'm a huge Jaws fanatic. I'm just hoping that Brian Eddy gets it. Uh, if anybody else gets it, I am going to probably be depressed. Uh, because Brian Eddy, uh, obviously I own a Medieval Madness and an Attack from Mars, so if Brian Eddy gets it, I know it'll probably be pretty damn decent. I Actually, I hope they take their time on it. I actually hope that Jaws doesn't come out this year. I'd rather it come out next year so they can take their time and make it really special, make it really great. Uh, JJP, don't overly care about Willy Wonka or Toy Story, so I won't be buying those. Um, I do kind of agree with uh, some of the other people that have been saying, you know, they should probably take uh, the dialed in and redo it. Uh, Chicago Gaming, I mean, you know, whatever they come out with, aside from Monster Bash this year, if they come out with anything beyond beyond that, who knows? I, my my best guess would definitely be uh, uh, Cactus Canyon and or Big Bang uh, Bar. Let's see, Spooky Pinball. I love Alice Cooper, one of my favorite singers in the world. I think the game sucks. I'll be honest. I I, I played it. Uh, at the Allentown Pinball uh, Pin Pinfest, uh, which I go to every year, and I played it, and, and it sucked. Oktoberfest, the art sucks, but you know that. Um, you know, I personally thought that the theme wasn't bad, but they really shouldn't have went safe with it. They should have went, you know, gonzo with it. They really should have went with the uh, the big juicy melon way. Deep Root Pinball is probably the only one that I don't know much about as far as, uh, you know, what they're going to do. 
I, I will say this, I wish that Deep Root had Jaws, just because I actually think that they, if they have uh, Back to the Future or another title such as that, I think they're going to kill it. They're going to smash it out of the park. Thanks for listening, Chris. Keep up the good work. I, I love that like sign off from Brian there. Like I just, it's like I just listened to Brian's pinball podcast. No, actually, Brian, you sent me a 13 minute track. All right. I don't want to go through all of it, but I think Brian fell into the trap that a lot of people fall into when you want to share your predictions. A prediction is not your opinion about a game. That is not your prediction. A prediction is not your opinion about a company. A prediction is not, I don't like Willy Wonka. I don't like Toy Story, so I'm out. That's not a prediction. That's a prediction of maybe what you'll do on whether or not you'll buy it. But a prediction is, do you think Willy Wonka is coming out? Yes or no? How do you think it will sell? How do you think Pirates of the Caribbean will sell in 2019? That's a prediction. I I find that a lot of people have a hard time understanding what a prediction is. It's not what you just, it's not about how you're going to react to the company. It's what you think will happen to the company and its games and its products. Now, look, I do agree that there are always questionably cheap things on Stern Machines and a matchbox toy that's the you know the Dracula race drag racer in Monsters is another five dollar part that Stern buys and puts into these games. I'm looking at a Batman 66 that had the same exact thing. They can't even go to Eagle Moss and get the better stuff. But here's why. We all know why. Stern designs their games to a price point. It's why Stern stays in business. So if I'm you know, if I'm um John Borg and I can put that lower play field in uh, but then I have to go cheaper on the Herman mold or the you know the car mold and I'm okay with that. I'd rather not lose the thing that is more impressive and 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 I'd rather cut corners on some of the other areas of the game. The one area of stern machines lately though, and this is to me, I always look at this area and I'm like, this is the cheapest like, they don't even care about this part of the game anymore on any machine. And it's kind of sad. The one area that is just glaringly so cheap. You know, it's like when you get into like a, a really expensive car and then there's like cheap plastic knobs everywhere. The pop bumper caps on Stern machines are so cheap. It, like, look at them. Look at them on Monsters. Look at them on any machine. There literally is nothing there but a cheap little image painted on you know, a cheap flat piece of plastic. They don't even bother with creating any sculpts or anything interesting. I thought we would have turned a corner when Ghostbusters gave us that incredible pop bumper area with the city above it. Just go look at every single Stern machine you own over the last few years. Look at the pop bumper area and tell me that they're putting all they can into these games. And again, they're $9,000. Look at Jersey Jack Pinball. Look at their pop bumper area. I know what people are saying, but Jersey Jack's out of business because of those goddamn trees in Wizard of Oz. Chris, maybe, maybe not. All right, let's move on to more of your predictions because we have a lot of them to go through, and I'm going to do these probably in order that I got them. So let's see. I'll go from the bottom up. So from Moses Overstreet, the subject was voted. He said, hello, just a quick message to let you know you got my Twippy vote, bro. Best of luck, and I hope you win it again this year. Well, Moses, thank you so much for voting for Canada's Pinball Podcast. If Moses is voting for us, it almost feels like it's a religious 
manif- <laughs> religious calling for, for many of us, right, to vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast. No, it's not. I joke. Um, from Scott Drager, Scott writes, Hi, Canada. My collection took a strange turn from NOIB, new old inbox, to some classics with no fear and Apollo 13 being the latest acquisitions in the lineup. My friend and your former guest, Dave Falgren, talked about a potential pin apocalypse with prices that might fall. With the new tax laws, some blue states residents might get hit with an extra few grand in taxes from the minimum uh, salt deduction of 10K. The people who can afford to have a collection are going to get hit. And if you need just a few grand for an unplanned expense, a pinball machine might be the thing that gets sold off to pay. For example, a lot of folks in high-income tax states like California, New York, and Illinois might have to pony up an extra two to three grand. And I think we will see a lot of machines hit the market in March, April in the two to three K range, which might upend the 80s games and B titles from the 90s. That's my prediction. My hope is that I can grab a Circus Voltaire for $6,000. Scott, thank you for writing in. So look, here's the deal. I don't know about you guys. I I checked my paycheck uh, first of the year and it was less than last year. And I'm not sure why. Maybe it's social security tax. Maybe it's 401k. I don't know, but it's less money. And if it's like that throughout the year, it's going to have me wondering, uh, you know, where I need to cut because it's, you know, literally like I've got two cars. I got parking spaces. I got a pinball machine. I've got a lot of stuff. I got a renovation I need to do like many of you. Expenses keep coming, right? It seems like the money's always going out. The money's never coming in as fast as we'd like. Now, there are some of you out there that are very successful, and I hope to be like you one day. Don't get me wrong. Um, but look, there. I think we have been predicting, like, when is the market going to stall? When it was? When is it going to go flat? There's no denying the fact that there's so many games out there. The games are being bought primarily by collectors. There's four to five to six new games every year. Games are kept in great condition in people's homes. There's only a finite amount of room, a finite amount of money, and the pinball tax does not help. As things get more expensive, I think people are going to be wondering, why am I, you know, am I am I good? Right? We always talk about it like in a negative way, in the sense of, you know, it's like the whole thing's going to collapse. I don't think it's that. I just think people will reach a point where they will be satiated with their collections and they won't feel the need to constantly chase new machines. You've got a deep game, you've got a fast game, you've got a flow game. Sometimes in life, we all have to just say, you know what, I'm happy with what I have and I don't need to keep chasing more. And I'll be honest with you, if you simply don't go on to Pinside and you don't follow that hysteria that goes on there and you don't go on every day, if you extract it from your daily routine, it is it is amazing how quickly your life will adjust to the point where you will you will stop thinking about pinball so much. You will stop thinking about buying new pinball machines. You will simply be happy with what you have. And I think that might be a good approach for everyone to take as we go into 2019. All right. I got an email. Subject was 2019 predictions from Eric Young. Eric, thank you so much. He said, Chris, you asked for predictions. I have just one. Ted will not be the guest on the next predictions episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and here's why. I'm not going to focus on his inability to predict versus hope. You've already touched on that. Um, However, 
I'll give you two reasons why Ted isn't a good fit for these predictions. One, he's unable to discuss any pin that isn't within his sci-fi horror comfort zone. All right, I agree with that. You know what, Kaneda doesn't... You know what? Kaneda doesn't like Pirates of the Caribbean and Iron Maiden, but he's still able to talk about them intelligently. He's able to project himself and empathize with others who may enjoy, say, Primus. Ted's completely unable to do that. And on an episode about industry predictions, not sci-fi horror predictions, it's almost useless. The few predictions he did make, which were not just echoes of your own, he had no supporting evidence. No reasoning, logic, no intelligent discussion, not even emotion unless it was lifted from you. Finally, even though I already used up my two reasons, you said that Ted is the yin to your yang, but I say he's the cold water to your excitement. He's the water in your oil. He's the spoiled milk, and you are the lucky charms. So my prediction is that you'll have another guest. He mentioned CEO Dave, for instance, as a good example. Eric, thank you so much. Man, like really harsh on Teddy. I love Ted. Uh, look, we've we've gone over this, and I think we saw it from Brian too. I think people do have a hard time, sort of removing themselves, you know, because I think predictions are more about your. Imagine if you're a an analyst and you're talking to the shareholders of a company. You're gonna make, you're giving your analysis of what you think the next year holds for the organization. You have to remove yourself from that. It's hard to do for people, and I agree that Ted isn't up to speed on everything but i also think ted is a happy-go-lucky guy and we need more happy-go-lucky people on pinball because remember this is a hobby about having fun with a toy that none of us needs all right i got an email from monsters podcast feedback from jim jim writes right on the two areas of focus lower playfield and black and white um besides dwight's code on black and white version, you mentioned Stern will have to come out with a premium color before they release the premium black and white so people have a choice. Understand your thought here. I think another angle at this is the LE buyers, which I am one of them. I typically go LE, but the original thought of an LE black and white potential I was set on going with color premium. Okay. Sorry, guys, too. When I read emails, sometimes it's like there might be a missing word in the email or I might just get tripped up. So I think what he's saying is he was going to go with the premium if the LD was only black and white. Now he says, now if they come out with premium color, think of how LE buyers will feel. I would switch if I could do premium color because this would kill value of LE color, not to mention the additional 100 LEs if true. Well, we proved that was true, right? You heard it here first. If there is a premium color cabinet, many may like that better than the color coffin cabinet. Not sure I see Stern doing anything short run, maybe 6 to 12 months if sales were poor. Another angle, great podcast, Jim. P.S. Besides complaining to distributors on the 100 more LEs, do you know the best email of someone to give feedback to? Uh, look, Jim, if you want to complain to Stern about adding 100 more LEs, I would go on their... Uh, I would go on their, let's see, I would go on their uh, internet website. No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you, hold on one second. You should email this person right now if you're upset. Zach, Z-A-C-H dot sharp, S-H-A-R-P-E, at sternpinball.com. Zach is their marketing guy. Let him know, you know. That, that email is not private. It's his company email. It's okay if you're upset. Uh, I think people are reacting to it. You heard it here first. I don't want to beat a dead horse on it. I think it was a, 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 a cheesy move 
Uh, I, I don't even think it came from their marketing. It came from their accounting department or Gary or I don't know. I, I heard the reason for it. You want to know who the reason I heard they did it? Because the rich guys in Australia were complaining they weren't getting enough. Boo-hoo, you Aussie rich men who pay $15,000 for like LEs. You can't have it. I don't even understand collectors in Australia. Like they spend so much on every LE. It's insane. May we all end up rich like Roto Dave, abling to travel the world, playing pinball, eating greasy food, and seemingly not having to like really do any work every day. I, I want to be like Roto Dave one day. I'm serious. Like literally, I think he has like furniture stores. Like he doesn't really have to do anything. He can just spend his life playing pinball. All right, let's go on. I'm going to talk about, you got well, first of all, Jim, I want to close the loop on this. I, look, if they release a color premium, yeah, like LE owners will feel like, eh. I, look, I think people are really kind of getting a little fatigued by the LE premium pro model, but let's not forget that this is what keeps Stern very profitable. This three-tier model is never going to go away. They make so much money on the LEs. You, people seem to forget the actual cost to Stern Pinball to make an LE is like three to $4,000 at most. So they're making like $5,000 in gravy on every LE sold. Don't fool yourselves. How can you put a Stern LE next to a Jersey Jack machine and, and really think the cost of manufacturing is anywhere close to, to each other, but the prices are exactly the same? Stern must love the fact that Jersey Jack allowed them to charge so much and you guys keep buying. You keep buying it like a drug. All right. I got an email from Brian. Love your work, Chris. Hey, Canada, just recently started listening to your podcast and I'm really enjoying your take and opinion on pinball. I never was involved with pinside drama, but wish they would reinstate you. It would be such fun to see you interact with the dick downvoters and hyper posters that push their agenda. I'm sick of their downvotes when I just post my opinions. Great work. I voted for you uh, for the Twippy Award. I want you to win just to stick it to the haters. Brian. Well, Brian, first of all, thank you. I will never be reinstated into Pinside. Everybody knows why. This is actually a much better form for me. And yeah, when I was there, when I was there, I was really, I was like the troll that trolled the trolls. You know, I was the guy that policed all the the, the, the people that just wouldn't shut the hell up. Um, and it, it was effective. But it also like, you know, personally i'm healthier when i'm not on there posting and i i, I will read pinside every once in a while uh, it's been kind of boring lately i don't know about you guys but i'm even at the point where like i'm kind of like just i'm like i just told my friend i'm like i'm already bored of monsters like it's weird it's like when you're on there too much and you hyper think about these games too much i get bored so quickly and i'm like well what's next monsters cool i, I feel like monsters has been out for like four years i'm like i've played this game like and then when you watch dwight show you the entire code on the stream, which I also think is stupid. I want to learn my game when I get it into my house. They remove all the surprises. They literally, they show video of, of it's like, imagine if a movie director is like just fast forwarding to all the pivotal scenes of the movie before you even get to watch the movie. How stupid is that? Let people, let people learn if the game is good or not. And they, they remove the element of surprise. I don't understand it. Now, see, the thing, they have to do it because we don't trust that there's any fucking code in there. That's why they have to do it. They're like, well, now people are going to be satisfied that there's actually a game in there. They wouldn't have to do this if they didn't fuck people over so many years and give them games that were so incomplete. But now it's like the reverse also sucks. Like, they show you the whole game before you've even played it. 
great thank you now i know like what wizard mode looks like and so now when i get there it's not a surprise i know the end of the movie before i even see the movie great job love pinball marketing at its finest all right let's go on adam driver writes hey chris boom you've hit 2019 in good form i've got to say new mics okay was a bit odd to start with but my ears adjusted you've got my trippy vote so you can chill <laughs> as the other categories you hit the nail on the head uh, the, regarding the below my answer is too late i may be biased best toys and gimmicks why no monster bash remake right this was a mistake by jeff and by zach to not have monster bash remake a votable category in best toys just a mistake it's just literally we should be able to vote for that game it's a brand new inbox game it's new um the best theme integration supreme for sure not everyone's cup of tea but it sure looks the part oh and prediction for 2019 number one consolidation stern buys out jersey jack pinball or even deep root all right let me start there first of all andy thank you for the note um there's no way Stern is buying Jersey Jack Pinball or Deep Root. They don't need, Stern doesn't need to own anyone. Why would they need help? They're, they have 90 plus percent of the market. That That is like, that is so silly. Why would they buy a, like a failing or unproven company? To me, it's the other way around. To me, the consolidation that makes sense to tackle Stern, right? Acquisition and alliances are formed to take down a formidable opponent. It's not the other way around. You know, Goliath doesn't become buddies with Samson, right? Here's what's going to happen. I think JJP and Deep Root should form an alliance. Or someone like Deep Root and Spooky should partner up. Here's what I also think is going to happen. If Deep Root is successful, you know who's going to be kicking themselves? Chuck Emery. Spooky Pinball really spooky pinball had a chance to take all of robert mueller's resources and all of his like help and he said nope and part of what's driving deep root is to bury people like spooky see i think you know spooky i I don't know you know your love for spooky better be real deep because there will be consolidation and companies will have to work together to take on the juggernauts but i could see jersey jack and chicago gaming uniting i could see deep root and, and jersey jack uniting uh, but I don't think Deep Root wants to unite with anyone. I think they're their own thing, and I think Robert's on a mission to prove something for his company. Um, but Stern is no way buying any of them. Anyway, so number two, Deep Root turns out to be vaporware. No new games in 2019. Andy, all right. So, uh, you know, look, I've got Quinn from Deep Root coming on the show this week. I'm excited to talk to them. Vaporware, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I and again, the reason why, if it was just if it was just Robert Mueller and John Papaduke making a pinball machine, I would absolutely agree with you, uh, absolutely. But this is so much more than J-pop and the J-pop fiasco. It, it, this is not going to be another like even American pinball with J-pop. Imagine to like boot him out and get something off the ground. I don't think it's vaporware. I think we're going to see stuff. When we see stuff, I don't know, but you know how I feel. We're going to see stuff at TPF. I think they're going to surprise people. All right. Let's see. I got an email from Louis-Francois Roy. I'm probably saying that wrong. I think he's written in before, and I've I've mispronounced this, but Louis. Um, Louis. 
Uh, your new mic is so good. It feels like you're only making your podcast for me. Good job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that note. Hopefully you guys enjoy it too. All right. Subject, home pin game two. Hi, mate. Been enjoying the show on today's listen when you were with one of the straight down the middle guys. That was Greg Bone. We love Greg Bone. Greg, thank you for joining. Interesting perspectives. And what caught me by surprise was home pins second. I heard it was an Asian theme like Kung Fu or something. So surprised when it was said it was apparently a billabong or Quicksilver surfing pinball. That got me thinking. The Pinsider from Spain, I think, um, Hazenchop, uh, who did the art for Thunderbird, also did art for a surfing pinball. So wondering if this becomes the art concept for a surfing pinball. Here is the art about a year ago. So he shared some images of a surfing pinball game, and they're really shitty. So if if that's game number two for home pin, they're done. But you know how I think and how I feel. I think they're done already. All right, let's go on. Uh, got an email. Sorry, I'm getting like some notifications. What is that? Uh, let's see. Subject here. This is from Ben. He writes, 100 extra LEs. Chris, 100 extra LEs. Chris, I've bought several new inbox stern LEs, and I could care less if they want to make a few more to satisfy demand. In fact, I'm glad they're going to do it. It's also not completely new, as they did it on Batman 66, Super LE. Jack has been doing this since the start. Chicago Gaming initially limited MMR to 100 LEs, then when those sold out, offered more for the same price. Why don't I care? Because when I buy an LE, I buy it because I want the best version of something, not because I expect to sell it for more before it is even out of the box. Because of the limited number of LEs, the buying process has become a shit show. A few people, like you, reserve multiple games in the hopes of flipping for a quick profit before the hype dies. If the hype lasts long enough, you make a quick profit. If it doesn't, you pull out and leave the distributor with a game that they might have a hard time selling and lose nothing. Now, regular buyers like me now need to reserve Ellie's sight unseen because if we don't, People like you will scalp us. I used to buy all my games from JJ. Now I can't do that because he usually is sold out of LEs as soon as they are announced. So I need to call around to a few distributors to find one only to find everyone has them in stock a week later when the early buyers get their deposit refunded. Making enough LEs to satisfy all buyers benefits collectors, at least those of us who actually buy games to play them. It benefits Stern and it benefits distributors. The only one hurts with more LEs are scalpers. So sad for them. I mean, you. <laughs> oh, man, Ben, those are fighting words. Canada, you're a sleazeball for being a pinball flipper. And I have to say, I don't quite disagree with you on that notion. Look, I've, I've watched a lot of hobbies, and I see the way flipping works. And it's just part of the collector world. Like, there are buyers and sellers. There are collectors. There are flippers. There are people who take the opportunity to stand online all day long at Supreme, grab a hot item, and then put it on eBay for 10 times what they paid for it. And so do I think those people are evil? I just think it's the way the world works with collectible items that are non-essential. You're going to be able, at times, to flip it for money. Now look, we're not going to solve this debate on whether we think it's just scumbag behavior or if it's okay. 
we do it all the time, right? We do <laughs> in different areas of our lives. We're always looking for opportunities to make money. And normally, you know, the opportunity to make money requires someone on the other end willing to pay more than something's worth. We're about to see it again with the, the auto industry with some new sports cars coming out. It's going to happen. People will get frustrated. But I don't think you can say, Ben, that making more doesn't hurt the LE collector. Of course it does. Of course it does. When there's more of them out there, there's less of a demand. The The value of each will go down. And look, as much as you want to say, well, I buy them to play them, that's cool. But what happens when you want to sell it? Wouldn't you rather get 7,000 versus 6 or 8 versus 7 just because there's less out there? You know, and, and when you say I'm going to buy the best example of a game ever, you know, I want the best of the best of the best. Okay. There is nothing better about Batman Super Limited Edition in terms of a, a pinball experience than an $8,000 Batman Premium. So people spent $7,000 more for the game. It's almost like two games for the price of one, right? And the only reason they have value is because they're limited. If Stern tomorrow said, well, we're going to make another 150 Batman Super Limited Editions because we, we know people would love to have them, what do you think would happen? There'd be absolute mutiny. So I don't think you can say that it doesn't hurt, right? It does. Now, again, like both things, I think both things might be wrong if you look at them the right way. But I didn't make the system. I'm just learning how to you know, take the shortcuts at times. Look, did, did none of you, when you played Super Mario Brothers, like take the elevator to the top and run across and go to the warp zone? That's all it is, man. I'm just finding some of the shortcuts to make money in this world in any way I can. And look, at work, people are blown away. I mean, I work with people who like struggle to make money, struggle to get a bonus. I'm like, oh, you want to make a quick $2,000? Put your name on the list for a Batman limited edition pinball machine. And they always look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, you don't get it. But I do think... I do think the only time you should be on the list early and the only time you should be in on it is when it is a, like, a, like a must-have theme. And so there's not many of those. Munsters will not flip for a profit. You will not be able to flip it. it you it, And you didn't even have a hard time getting one. Let's be honest. You could go on eBay. I think even today, there's Munsters LE still available. So don't you know, don't tell me that we ruined it and we ruined people's chances for getting it because, you know, you're buying a $9,000 non-essential toy. So what? Like, call around and find one that's available. I, I really don't feel bad. I don't when I do it. Anyway, all right. So I got an email from Michael Queen. Subject, what differences your podcast or differentiates, you should say. So Michael writes, I have listened to others and I really appreciate the fact that you do not feel the need to focus on yourself. Well, Michael, I'll stop you there because I've been called a narcissistic sociopath by so many people on Pinside. He then goes on to say, a few other podcasters seem to place their focus on what is going on in far too much detail to them in their life. We do not need or want to know their personal issues or what they did over the holidays. I could care less. They need to keep it focused on the machines and hobby, please. My only pet peeve with your show is how many times you say literally. I dare you to sit down, listen to an old show of yours, and and do not sh uh, do a shot every time you say literally. Well, Michael, I, you know, I agree. We all have our little strange communication issues. Some people will be like, um, um, um. I say literally too much. I need to stop doing that. I'll say guys. I'll say like, all right, you know, and, and it's it's usually when you're trying to 
uh, at the end of the day, I'll say a lot, right? It's usually when you're trying to finish your thought in your head, but that's the challenge with podcasting and when you don't do editing. I could edit all that out and I would sound like like a genius. I don't do any editing on this show. Uh, and so that's what happens is I'm usually in the middle of a thought or I'm trying to come up with like how I want to close my thought and I end up dropping in those like comfort words or those and it's a bad habit. It is a total bad habit and I work in the communications industry so I will do my best to break from saying literally, all right? All right, the subject is why 600 matters. This is from Mike from Reston VA. He says, my predictions for 2019. Number one, American Pinball, Oktoberfest will do better than expected, will release one new title. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to each of his predictions. Mike, I don't think Oktoberfest will do better than expected, but what what are your expectations? You know, Do you expect them to sell one so they'll sell two? So uh, I would love to hear what you expect they'll sell. Uh, number two on his list, Dutch Pinball will fold. The 34 complete machines and huge amount of parts will be auctioned off. By the way, Yop is fine now. Wow, so that's news. He's saying Yop is fine now. Um, wait, is that a prediction you think he'll be fine now or he's not sick anymore? That I, So I would love, if anyone knows Yop, to clarify, is he still getting treatment for his for cancer or is he... Has he is he better now? I don't know. He hopefully he's better. Look, I don't I don't wish any bad health on anybody. Uh, I, I, those thirty four machines though, we've been speculating that auction forever. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Would be curious to see what they go for because there is a big Lebowski right now that's for sale for twenty one thousand five hundred dollars. That's insane. But if we knew only thirty four more were out there and could be had. What do you think the prices would be? Would it be 15 grand, 20 grand? I think there would be, it's almost like there'd be just as much interest in the spare parts as the game itself, but I think each one would sell for at least, um, I'm, I'm not even lying when I say this, I think we're looking at $18,000 per machine around there. But the problem is you gotta find 34 different people who would spend $18,000 during an auction. I think you would find some distributors. I think you'd find some rich collectors that would buy multiple ones, one to play and one for parts. That would be the smart move. But then you're you're out $36,000 on two pinball machines. Imagine coming home. Hey, honey, what'd you do with $36,000 today? Well, I got two pinball machines. And then she just walks out the door and is like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being married to this loser. All right, Chicago Gaming Company. He writes, Cactus Canyon and a new run for Attack from Mars. You think they're going to rerun Attack from Mars? I don't know about that. They're, I still see them available for sale. Uh, Cactus Canyon seems to be one that everyone is saying, so we'll see if that happens. He writes, Circus Maximus, some kingpin will be delivered to customers um, and they will fold. Wow. So I think he's saying a few kingpins get out, but then they go under. I don't think so. I think these guys, I don't think they're ever going to like have a factory. or I don't think they're going to fold because there's nothing to fold. Remember that. They like built this game in like their garage. Like This is like a... This is like in their free time project. Uh, so I think what they're going to do is I think they're going to find someone to manufacture Kingpin, and I don't think they're going to fold. He says, Highway, Alien will be announced to be remade in traditional cabinet by another manufacturer. Uh, so that, what is it? That, that, I guess that doesn't mean Highway survives. I think that's just a prediction for Alien. I don't think so. I don't think that game is going to ever be remade the way it is. I think whatever's out there is what is out there. Home Pin. Will lower the price and introduce his color screen. No new game in 2019. 
how much lower can the price be? It's $5,000. Nobody wants it. People can't even sell them for like $3,500. Home pin, I think, is going under. He writes Jersey Jack Pinball. First, Willy Wonka, then Toy Story. No other games announced for 2019. Well, that's two games. So that's two more than Jack has ever released in a year. Uh, so uh, he's only ever done one game. It's usually 18 months apart. So I would love to see Jack finally get two hit titles out the door. Uh, quality control is going to be the thing. If they're, I'm, I'm a little nervous that the complexity of his games and his workforce is, is spotty at best when it comes to quality control. I don't think the people who work there really know how to screw together these more premium high-end games. I'm... I'm I still see issues with pirates. Uh, P3, new game will be released, new platform, screen and back box, and internet connectivity. We'll see. We'll see. Jerry's got to do something. That sounds like something. Silver Castle will show working prototype of Time Shock coming in August. No production yet. By the time Tom, Time Shock comes out, nobody's going to care. I just got to be honest. They, this, these five-year in the making projects, it was so silly. Why would you spend five years of your life? So think about it. How much free time... Can you waste, and you can't even get five years? If I told you, Canada's going to make a pinball machine, and I'm like, it's going to be out five years from now. Like, literally, I, I hope you all would line up, come into my apartment, and just punch me in the, in the balls. Seriously. Anyway, I get it's a labor of love, and it's a side gig for these guys, but five years is ridiculous. You should at least be able to finish your pinball machine with in between Olympic games, all right? But, you know, if we have, an, you know, or World Cups, four years is the max, or right, then I'm done. His spooky will finish Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle before the end of the year and starts production on the new machine. Uh, the ring question mark. Uh, the ring. I don't know. Would the ring make a good pinball theme? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's Scott Denise's next title. Yeah, I think they're going to finish Alice Cooper. I think you're right. Spooky has amped up to get that done, and they will get it done. They've never missed their. They've never missed making the games. Uh, in the in the time period they said they would, they have been delayed on getting started. But he said 18 months. It's been eight month delay. So that means he's going to finish it in 12 months. I totally think Chuck will do that. Stern will release four new titles besides Monsters, including a Vault, Notron, and Back to the Future. Does Stern have Back to the Future? I don't know. If they do, I'm going to flip 50 of them. Get ready. I'm on every distributor's list. I'm not, actually. So if you're Zach or anyone at Stern, don't call around and, and, and ask to get Chris off of the, the distributor list for Back to the Future. What's funny about distributor lists is, is 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 so many of them have, I bet people have like lists for, it's like Brian Eddy's next game. I will take John Borg's next game. Like, you know, they, they, they don't know the title, but they'll just put you on a list for the designer. Uh, let's see, STR Pinball, Tokyo Drift comes to the US. Yes, we didn't talk about that game in my prediction show. The game's gonna come out. Very simple game, looks cool. Not really sure who the audience is. I don't think anyone who loves Tokyo Drift, uh, the arcade game, is in the pinball. So it's 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 meant for an arcade. We'll see how it does. Again, the, there's there's some games that just don't make me like react so much. Like it's yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool with anyone who makes a pinball machine, doesn't burn customers, and puts the game out in the world. Now, if you ask me if I like the game or think I'll buy it or what whatever my thoughts, I'm gonna be honest. And you know, look, I don't think that game's meant to compete with anything that's currently out there. I think it's sort of like a fun little thing to throw into like a, a Dave and Buster's or an arcade, right? Tato will release Space Invaders two-person pinball. Well, that's interesting. You know, we, we talk about like another company coming into the fold. Is Raw Thrills going to enter pinball? There are going to be more wild card entries into this platform for sure. Team Pinball will fold. Yep, 
the mafia will not sell. I mean, I've heard they might be working on another game. What 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 do they take away from what they did with uh, the mafia? Do they literally get in a room and they're like, okay, guys, what are the key learnings from this game? And someone's just like, uh, me, me, you know, they get their hand raised. Uh, it, it, we, we fucked up everything. Uh, everything was wrong. We made a game. Nobody wanted it. We made a theme that looks that's based on mob, mob figures, but some guys wearing a 10-gallon cowboy hat. It looks like Cactus Canyon art. Um, there's no ramps. It's not as good as TNA. There's no light show. Why did we make this game? And then, like, by the time the guys finish talking, the other people have already left the room. Okay, so I don't know what they take away. I know they love pinball, but, man, I, <laughs> here's what I don't get. Like, you could literally go to Pinball Life, who's got so many parts, right? So many parts. Like, And you could build a game with existing mechanisms that have been on other games. Right? You could go buy shooting star mechs that went into Toadin. You could go buy a disappearing magnet. You can go buy ramps from other games and just redesign a game to work around mechanisms that have already been designed that you could like you could use. There's nothing illegal with that. And you could sell 25 limited edition games that are built with awesome shit in them that, you know, actually does something cool with a pinball. Alright? Alright. Alright, let's go on here. So uh, any game based on an Atari license. Okay, so he says the pinball company will come out with Scooby-Doo. That's Nick Parks is going to have Scooby-Doo come out. Yeah, we totally forgot about that, but it did sound like Nick was working on the Scooby-Doo game. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. He writes, you are so negative about Alien. Have you actually spent time playing it? It is a great machine. Once you are in the flow, it shoots amazing. The sound and graphics are great. The rules are deep and surprisingly unique. Very forgiving for new players and many little hidden events and skill shots for experienced players. Well, here's the deal. I played an Alien many times. Every time I played it, it was broken. I played it at Allentown. I played it at TPF. I, I literally don't, under, you know, look, and I got to be honest, not being a fan of where that game came from, Andrew Highway, not being a fan of the company and how they lied to people all the years, I have no interest in playing it. This notion that I have to put my personal feelings about the creator aside and, and just enjoy it for what it is is bullshit. I don't have to. I don't have to watch a movie that a director makes that I think is an asshole. I don't. Same thing. I don't have to. I don't have to like learn to enjoy a game that I think came from a man who lied to the entire hobby and lied to the community. And and I'm also really annoyed about how many people defended him and crucified me throughout the entire ordeal. How, how I was on a witch hunt, how I was the bad guy, that I was trying to do this. I, you realize, and I'm, just, I'm not going to go back into this drama. You realize that people who worked at Highway Pinball came to me and shared information about the reality of the company. And I tried to share that with Robin. I tried to share that with Pinside Moderators. I tried to, and they literally silenced me, told me to shut up, told me these were just disgruntled employees. Everything was fine. So I don't ever... I don't I, I get it. I'm glad people like your aliens. I hope you love your aliens. It just won't be a game that I care to learn to like. And that's just that. All right. Got an email. Subject, your new mic. Chris, congratulations on getting married. Very happy for you about the new mic. Previously, before the new mic, it sounded like you were talking into a headset mic. I was. With the new mic, it sounds more professional. Like you're in a room talking to us. Way to step it up. Overall, it sounds better than before. There's less volume fluctuation, less noise, and things like S sounds and hard P sounds. Did I just make a hard P sound? Sorry. Great upgrade. By the way, head down to Lakewood and go get an interview with Jack. Stop at Federic 
Federici's Pizza on Route 9, bring a pie with you, and he might just let you in the door. Seriously, though, give Jersey Jack Pinball Pirates another chance. It's really fun to shoot, even when you don't understand all the rules. Tony B. Well, look, um, Tony, thank you for that. And I will be playing more Pirates. I'm looking forward to uh, playing it more on location. I will bring a headset. I will jump into the game more. But here's what I want to do. I want to play Pirates with someone who loves Pirates and knows Pirates. I do want to know what I'm doing in the game. Because I do get frustrated just flipping a game. And I don't feel like I'm there's like there's a purpose to me playing this pinball machine right now. Within like five seconds of Batman, it's like it's another day in Gotham City. Like it, it sets the scene. It, The magic of coding. Sorry, I keep hitting like the mic with like my other headset thing the magic of coding is pulling people into the story of why they're in this game like what we're doing right now and and again like i think with pirates you just get stuck like flipping through the characters reading what each benefit is like it's such such a bad way to start a pinball game anyway i want to play with someone who loves what they're doing and my best chance to get that if I don't know if anyone in the Northeast is that person and email me and I'll come over and play or we can meet at one of the barcades that has it. I just want to play with someone who can say, Chris, here's why you should love it. And let me show you because I'm not going to figure that out on my own with the game because I've played it enough on my own and, and I haven't it hasn't clicked with me. And not every game will click with everybody. And that's the other thing about this hobby that I love. You might like something, you might hate something. It, it doesn't matter how many times I put people in front of Batman. Some people think it shoots like shit, and they'll never think differently. All right, I got an email. Hi, Chris. It would be less of an issue if Stern makes those additional 100 in black and white. Yeah, of course, they can't do that. Then then they've made ostensibly a super limited edition game that that all the LE people would piss be pissed about. I think they're kind of stuck. I think they have to keep it where it is or everyone's there's going to be mutiny on it. Uh, no matter what move they make now, there's going to be like mutiny. So they have to just be like this is it, we're done. Uh, I got a weird email about something non-pinball related. Shelby 2020 GT500. Are you seriously trading the demon in on one? Are you going to TPF this year? Keep up the good work with the podcast, David. Um, David, I don't know, man. The new Shelby's amazing. This is not pinball, but but guys, if you like cars, go check out the new Shelby GT500. It makes my demon look dated, but I'll say this. They've said zero, you know, quarter mile in under 11 seconds. The demon does it in 9.65. I ain't worried. 140 horsepower. And for those of you out there who don't understand cars, like I invite you, if you're in New York area and the weather's decent, we'll go for a ride in the demon and you'll understand why many more men enjoy uh, automotive than pinball. Uh, and you also, you know, no, no one ever got laid being like good at pinball. No, I always thought that was funny too. Like, do people really get laid because of their car? Like, I've never understood that. Like, do, do women really come up and like, Oh, nice car. Like it's never happened in, in this area of the country. And maybe it happens in other parts, but I never understood that. You know, I was driving once at the mall when I was in college and this guy came up to me and was like, now go get some like, you know, and I'm not going to use the word. And I'm like, I was like really weird when he said that. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, it's like, am I supposed to go drive and pick up a prostitute? Like, I I didn't get it. Anyway, um, one, let's see, I got like one more. uh, Let's see. End of episode song. This is from Spitfire 1500. What was the sugary song at the end of your last podcast? I want to listen to the whole song. Uh, It is called Rebel Rebel. And if you guys haven't, the movie's not great. A Bad Night, like One Bad Night at the El Royale, something like that. The soundtrack is all Motown, and it's incredible. I think you guys should listen to it. Uh, 
couple, one, one closing final thought, and then we're gonna let you guys go. There's a Tron LE for sale for $9,800, right? Do we think that's worth it? Well, that's not why I'm bringing this for sale thread up. The, the, <laughs> the guy who's selling the machine has the plastic protectors on top of the plastic pieces. Go look at that for sale thread on Pinside. It just goes to show how like inept some of these high-end collectors, like does he not know that's not where they go? I, I don't, <laughs> it's really, I, I saw that and I was like, this is probably one of the, the dumbest things I've ever seen uh, in my time following this hobby. Anyone, everyone, have a great day. We are going to be back with an interview from Quinn over at Deep Root, and I'm super excited to talk to him. I, I think you're going to be excited to hear it. Uh, everyone, have a great day. If you haven't voted for us on the Twippies, we're not going to be like other podcasts and be like, it doesn't matter to us. And hey, we voted for somebody else. Like, I don't get, like, vote for yourself. Have some pride in what you do. Why would you do? You think Axl Rose is like, yeah, man, their music's better than mine. Fuck that. I, I think I make the best pinball podcast. That's what drives me to do it. So, yeah, I'm, I, am, I an, am I an egomaniac because I want you to vote for me? No, never do anything if you don't think you're in it to make it the best it possibly can be, all right? And no shame in that. Come on. I feel like this like Gillette commercial. I don't I don't even this new Gillette the best a man can be commercial. I mean, I work in marketing and I see this stuff and I've been arguing with people all week about it like wh where are we in society today? Like like we're we're like literally I'm all about empathy and respect. I'm all about all that stuff, but man, are we just like on a mission? to raise a generation of people to be like total fucking wimps. Like seriously, like people have no attitude, swagger, confidence. And again, it's not about disrespecting others, but there's like that scene in that commercial where this guy is like, this woman's walking down the street. She's attractive. This guy goes to run, run af after her, like run, run after her. And like this guy pops out of a coffee shop and is like, not cool, bro. Not me. I mean, and I'm like, what is this guy even doing? Like, he's not catcalling her because he would have catcalled her. Is he running after her to, like, tackle her? And, like, just and, – and then since when does someone at a coffee shop, like, in within a split second, like, jump out and be like, not cool, bro? It, it's – and if the, if, if the genders were reversed and you had an attractive guy, like, walking down the street and, and a woman, and a very attractive woman, like, went to go run after him and talk, would, would the guy be offended? I, I mean, I – look, I'm not even going to go down this road. I got in too many debates with, with people <laughs> – but I'm just saying, respect people. Yes, don't don't invo invade people's personal spaces. But we also are moving in this weird direction, man. Where like everyone is just like trying so hard to to like be overly sensitive about everything. So I'm. I guess my long story short, what I'm saying is, I think it's okay for me to say I think I have the best pinball podcast, and I would like your vote. Is that okay? All right. Uh, am I being a politician? Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind That I put down in the world I 